to episode 29 of the Townopoly podcast. We're going to be talking about bootstrapping your front end. Because, you know, we've talked about back end enough in these past episodes. So front ended is, and this episode, as usual, is hosted by me, Jared Brown, and my co-host, Brandon Corbin. Hello. How's it going? We should have called this full frontal bootstrapping. <laughs> well, <laughs> do you remember what the original topic title was for this? No. For your workshop? You, no. You had something that was like crazy out there. <laughs> like, yeah, we got to back off of that. Probably. We were, it was late. It was late. It was. And I'm sure I was under the influence of something or another. Speaking mm. of being under the influence, awesome yes. segue. What wine are you being influenced by tonight? I am smoking a very great California purple kush. Uh, no, uh, just kidding. Um, this is the Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, it's it's the one like white wine that I actually like, and it's you know it's just really chilled out. Um, it doesn't do the job like a good Merlot, uh, but hey, it's good. Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc from Marlborough uh, Country in New Zealand, I think. I think that's how you say, it, yeah. Mar uh, Mar Marlborough. Do you? How cold do you uh, get your? I don't. No. I don't. Is no. It room temp right now. Yeah. Really. Well, because it was so damn cold this morning, everything in the house was like you know forty degrees, so it's a little cold. But yeah, I drink. I pretty much drink all my drinks, you know, room temperature. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I like do it. Do you ever smoke cigars? I don't, um, and the main reason I don't is because I inhale them. Yeah. Because I everything I smoke, I inhale. <laughs> you just can't help yourself. <laughs> I just it, it is it, honestly right. I mean, I I had smoked uh, cigarettes for so long, and uh, and and maybe a, a couple other things here and there. But for the most part, everything it was just it's like a natural thing. So anytime I had a cigar, it was just like, <gasps> and so yeah. Luckily, I've given it all up. So no, I don't. Yeah. Nice. Do you? Uh, Maybe once a year, I have cigars that. Do you get a nicotine buzz from from it, even though you're not inhaling it? Um, I don't think I do, but I don't even know if I'd recognize if I was. Oh, I think you would if you haven't before. Have you ever smoked? Probably no. Then I've smoked a cigarette, not even maybe a full one, like twice ever. Okay, all right. I gotta check out this electric one sometime. Maybe go get one. Try it out. Well, no, you don't. 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 Is it, is, is it addictive as hell? It, oh my god! Yes, it's, <laughs> it's fucking it's just ridiculous. Li- it's just, liquid. yeah, it's liquid addiction, and that's the <laughs> thing about it. But here's the thing: so for anybody listening, we'll use this time to stand on my soapbox. Um, uh, you can go out and you can get these ego. They're called the Ego Tea uh, e-cigarettes. And if you're a smoker, you go buy yourself some 36 milligram nicotine, and you will get the buzz that you remembered getting when you started smoking. And it's such a great buzz that what happens is if you do it long enough, all of a sudden your cigarette's not going to satisfy. Oh, and then you're off cigarettes. And then you're off cigarettes. So right. I've been off. I mean, I, you know, and that's been the beauty of it is that now I, I want this, but I can then go and buy the 26 milligram. I can then go buy the 12 milligram. Then I can go buy the zero milligram and slowly cut myself down. But I'm still getting the sensation. I'm still having the action. I'm still getting huge hits. Um, highly recommended. But don't go buy that shit at the gas station. That's just like $15 for two of these cheap cigarettes. You have no idea what's in them. Go find a place online, and usually almost all the states or cities have like an e-cigarette place that you can find. Go in there, talk to the guys, get the ego tea. You'll love it. I'm surprised you don't have a uh, affiliate like e-commerce site for this yet. You know, I, I don't. The, here's the thing. They're trying to ban it so you can't buy them online. Why? Um, just because everybody, you know, it, it's because it's like one thing that can really Aren't make a transition. No, no, kids aren't fucking buying yeah. them. It's, it's, it's the, well, it's, I mean, mainly the, the, uh, the tobacco industry is fighting like hell, uh, to get these things shut down. Oh. Right. So it, this is a huge threat because this is the first like actual thing that's come out to be able to compete yeah. with the sensations of cigarettes still fulfilling the ad- mental addiction and the physical addiction. So they're threatened by it. And so there's just tons of shit going on. Um, and, and it's ridiculous, but I've been halfway tempted to start a store like an, a physical store. Cause the one that we go to, which is in downtown Indianapolis, kind of in the hood is always packed. It's always packed. It's a good opportunity. I know. I know it. So there's the thing. If you're a smoker and you're not looking at these e-cigarettes, again, it's Ego Tea. Check it out. I swear to God, it will change your life. My lung capacity is back. I can smell. I don't stink. 
you know, it's it's you can it's go up great. A flight of stairs without resting. Oh yeah, I'm like I purposely go up flights of stairs now. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Just I to love prove it. it to yourself. Just a, yeah, damn it! Look at that. <laughs> cool. Mm. All right. What are so you drinking? I am drinking some moonshine tonight. Oh, shut up. Oh, dude, this is real. Well, okay, maybe not real moonshine, but it's called moonshine. <laughs> I got it at Walmart. I bought it at Sam's Club. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, did you? No joke, at Sam's uh, Club. It's called Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in a mason jar. Oh, it looks badass. Classy. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like an orange translucent color. It's apple pie flavored, so it's Ooh. super sugary, very, very tasty. It's 40 proof, and I put some drunken cherries that I also bought as the set to go with this. They have, a, like, a big mason jar of drunken cherries, which... <laughs> the I, hill, I, It's a hillbilly combo. It, it's awesome. And the cherries, the thing that... The stuff they're in actually tastes like real moonshine. Like, that shit will put hair on your chest. You do not want to try more than a spoonful of that stuff. It's, like, Everclear or something. <laughs> but the Love cherries it. just, like, soaked it up. I put it on ice cream on my Sunday the other night. I put like three of these soaked cherries on there. Oh my god, it was horrible. It tastes <laughs> fine in alcohol. Horrible on ice cream sundays. That's great. But yeah, that, that's what I'm enjoying right now. And the, it's so sugary that you got to be careful. You can't put the lid back on too tight, or you'll just never get it off again. See, then see, I can't do drinks that are that sugar. It's like the combination of the alcohol and the sugar, and I it agree. just ugh. I I drink like a third of a rocks glass of this stuff like mm. for the night. That's all I drink. Yeah. And you won't really get drunk on it because it's only 40 proof, but you just look badass pouring something out of a mason jar. <laughs> so. I'm sure I'm sure the wife is impressed. She's the one that gets it for me. She got well. it as a Christmas gift, and I said it was great, so anytime she goes, she gets more. That's It's fun. cheap. It's like $12 for the jar. Well, it should be. It's moonshine. That was yeah. the whole point. <laughs> <clears throat> all right all right so, well so what are we talking about well you got a warm-up well, discussion yeah i got a little warm-up discussion here uh made some changes to townopoly over the weekend something i've been excited about doing for quite a while it's kind of funny like a lot of the stuff that i end up doing people had suggested it a year or a year and a half ago and i was just too dumb to really listen to it or take it in or was just busy on other stuff and it all comes back eventually and you're like <laughs> oh that's right this guy actually you know so and so did mention this and what it is, what the redesign is that I did, it was on the post list pages, yeah. where it shows, shows a whole bunch of uh, posts. Yeah. Originally, I had followed basically the same design as on the detail page when you're showing just a particular post, which is a bit heavy, takes up a lot of vertical space. It kind of put the link secondary under the attribution details. And now I moved it so the link is right on top of the post in the post list. And then it has a small little avatar, not like a big one of the person. Because you don't really care at that point who's posted it. Mm -hmm. So all the other details are just kind of small and right underneath. And so it's title. Actually, it's title first, then link, and then the uh, attribution under that. And then the yeah. heart and the comment is those badges are off to the left to like it and to click to comment on it. It's very clean. So, yeah, hopefully it makes it a little bit more readable. I've actually started to notice that things seem to be getting liked a little bit more now i think people are i also increased the number of posts per page uh it was at 15 mm -hmm. i think i moved it to 20 small change but just a b testing some of the stuff just to see or maybe not a b testing but testing to see what sure. the changes are and uh yeah and it, yeah. it's a work in progress so you know we'll talk about it the next town hall chat and see what people think and tweak it as necessary I like it. Yeah. You're, uh, I, I really like your uh, pagination. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, yeah that, right. uh, that was done by Brian Hoff, our designer. And yeah. We use, I used the Will Paginate gem, and all I had to do was go in and just, make, just do a couple of the CSS classes to make it look like that, and done. So then it does the math to calculate, oh, well, we've got oh, yeah. 208 pages. Yeah. So it's like, because, The code <sighs> is dead simple for that. I need to, I need to do that, and... I guess I should probably just find a class to do it because I was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to do the math for it. And then I was like, yeah, I really don't want to. This is what I don't get is that – and then I'll get off my soapbox. But Rails used to have pagination built into it. And I, yeah. Personally, I think any good web framework should have pagination as a first-class feature in it. And they spun it out into a plugin uh, for Rails. 
Well, when you were, you know, when for the pagination, was it dependent on the result set that you got? Or did you have to go and kind of initiate and say it's this many pages and here's the know. URLs? It just takes the result. When you use Active Record, which is Rails' way of covering yeah. the database, you tell it that you're doing it with pagination. And then it know it creates a special class that knows the total number of entries and it has everything it needs inside it. So then in your view, when you print out the pagination using the pagination helper, it just knows how to use that class and boom, throw everything out. Yeah. I, I you know, and cause I was just going to do mine with JavaScript is just let it all generate and then just yeah. go and, and collapse it by uh, JavaScript. Yeah. Uh, but when you have this many, that's that'd be 4,200 give or take posts that you would be throwing out there at once. No, you you have two hundred. You'd only be no, no, no. I'm saying no. I'm saying uh, no, 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 no. I see okay. what you're saying. No, I'm saying that you render. So my my main thing was the dot dot dot. Oh, the ellipse. Yeah, um, that 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 piece where I would generate the you know one through two hundred and eight, mm-hmm. and then go and figure how much room I have and go oh, and collapse it. And all that shit. That's all I was talking you about. Can Not also, like, in the pagination plugin, will paginate. You can also control that, so you can tell how many before the ellipse how many after if you don't even want the ellipse like you know all of that if you don't want the next and previous or if you want to change what they are you can control all of that see that's where and you know this will be a good way to break into the to the foundation uh, or to the 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 bootstrap stuff because those are the types of things that i think should be in the front end itself you know that that should be part of it um but anyway we'll get into that well let's get into it okay that sounds perfect great segue yeah sure uh yeah, so Twitter Bootstrap, uh, and you haven't done, you haven't done anything with Twitter Bootstrap. Uh, I have though. What'd you do? IndieHackDay.com. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's I, right. I loved it. I, I put that site together in less than an hour using Twitter Bootstrap and some other stuff that we'll get into here. And that was that's the only time I've played with Twitter Bootstrap, and I'm a huge fan, like huge fan immediately from the first minute I started reading the documentation and, and using it. Yeah, and why 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 did you fall in love? Uh, for me, it really was the fact that I could, I liked that it used a grid system in mm-hmm. there or had the option of a grid system, but you really should be using the grid system. And, uh, then it had the fluid version of it. So I, I just made the site responsive and it just costs like everything that I did. I could do modal boxes. I could do responsive design with the media queries and with the fluid grid and it just, yeah. boom, and it like, just worked it's just there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part was like, oh, I, I want like icons in here. Oh, yeah, those are just classes. Those are just CSS classes. Yeah. And throw some icons in. The icon set they have is really nice too. I wish it was bigger. But yeah, it's very nice. I just yeah. want more. I always want more. That's uh, that's one thing we'll talk about Pictos, but um, the the things. Uh, so before I was trying to think of you know because as a designer. And and I've talked to now a number of designers about, you know, Zurb and Twitter Bootstrap, and they all have the same response where they don't like it. I don't like it. Right. I don't I don't like it. What, <laughs> it's kind of their you? answer. Like, what, what's the reasoning? Everything looks the same. That it makes it so people don't have to ever think about design. All of these things. I hear that everything looks the same thing a lot from designers. Yes. That's, well, that's and, but, and here's and, – and, and I'll give everybody when – when <laughs> anybody – because we're going to talk about Zurb Foundation and we're going to talk about Twitter Bootstrap. I was a huge Zurb guy, right? Because Zurb was the first one I really jumped on. I loved it. And where did it you had, hear about Zurb? What? Where did you find out about Zurb? That, I, I think I found it on, on Talonopoly. No way. I did. I think I did. <laughs> I think that's where I first heard about it. I think so I discussed I'm, it in a podcast. You're like, I'm going to go use this. Yeah. Yeah, and and I did right, and so I'm like, holy shit, this is cool, and and it had more stuff. I, I think it came out first. I'm pretty sure it came out first. Now, some of you out there are going to correct me, and that's fine if that's the case. I'm pretty sure it came out first. We but, at least looked at it first. Yes, and then and then Twitter Booster. I mean, I was like, Twitter Booster is cool. It has all the same stuff that Zurb does, but I've already built in Zurb. I liked it, um, and totally lost my train of thought of where I was going for that point. The, um, everything looks the same. Everything looks the same. So here is the key to make. Your Twitter bootstrap app not look the same. Don't use the black toolbar. That's all you got to do. And change the background of the buttons. Right. Use, use, the, use the customizer on Twitter. Change it to red. Change it to purple. Change it to some other damn color. As long as it's not the blue and you don't have that black. You can even change. You don't even need to change the buttons. Honestly, you can change that black bar to be whatever color your brand is. And all of a sudden, people are going to go to and they're going to be like, oh, oh. 
oh they're using twitter bootstrap opposed to instantly load oh they're using twitter bootstrap and that's all you have to do and really the thing that's awesome about this is it's starting to make a design standard a lot of the same syntax that zurb uses twitter uses right a lot of it's in and in, in, interchangeable um because the app that I built using Zurb, um, I like Twitter's pagination better. So I just went and ripped out Twitter Bootstrap's uh, pagination CSS and dropped it into mine, and boom, it worked. <laughs> I get that they use less because it's just JavaScript-based, and then they don't have to worry about whatever frameworks, that they, you know, whatever language you're using or framework. But yeah. I don't like doing that sort of thing unless I like using SAS or, you know, I think of that more as on the compilation side. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Time of deployment, not something I want in JavaScript. Yeah, don't do it in JavaScript. Just do it, do it and download it and customize it then at least because everybody's like, well, it's so hard to go in and change the fucking background background button of the primary colors. It's like, no, it's not. You know, yes, you might have to actually do some CSS. Holy shit. Um, In today's day and age, dude, that's heresy. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. Seriously? I'm kidding. Okay, god damn. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's my that right there. It it makes things standard. It gives us a common language in HTML. Because you know, we can sit here and we can come up with a thousand different ways to write the HTML to define a group button group. Right. Right. But this just makes it standard and it's clean and it's consistent. And so I can say, here's the Twitter bootstrap document. We need to come up with a new UI element. Make sure it just follows this kind of pattern. And 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 we all can agree. And that's just, you know, anytime that we all can agree on something and follow it, I'm a huge fan of. So God bless it. I'm glad I'm glad they're out there. But I will say that I am now officially like Twitter bootstrap more than Zurb. Well, here's another cool thing about it is if you're working with designers and you know, they, I don't know, okay, style it, make it original, you know, mm-hmm. make it yours. Okay, then you get past that point. And then it's just a great framework. So you're working with designers and they're cool about it. This is a great style guide. Yeah, yeah. You can look at this and you, I'm sure there's a way to easily generate your, just like what they did, how they made their style guide here on yep. the Twitter Bootstrap site. You can probably, as you customize yours, generate that same page, you know, that same yeah. site internally. And now you have a company-wide style guide for your site. Yeah. That's, that's killer. It is. Here, you need buttons? Go put this. Yeah, go and look I mean- at this. And then this, <laughs> is the bu- this is your emphasis button. This is an action button. You know, they have all of that. Danger, info, success. It's all in there. Their drop-downs are really nice, too. Like the drop-down buttons. Just all the drop-down navigations that they have, they, I really yeah. like. Rounded uh, corners, nice little shadow. And the form, uh, the form elements is like one thing I don't like about Zurb's forms is they actually use a background image, like a huge background image to get the drop shadow. Interesting. In the box. Hmm. And it's kind of like if we're saying this is all CSS3 and that's kind of our shtick. Are they trying to support IE6 or something? No. No, this thing does not work in IE. Twitter, I don't know about Twitter Bootstrap. I think Twitter Bootstrap works better in IE6 than Zurb just is like. Why did they do the image then? Exactly. I don't know. So there's things like that that just kind of don't make a lot of sense where it seems like Twitter might have um, came out of the gate right away saying, okay, we're going to really focus on making this as semantically perfect as possible. So there's still some things in Zurb that's a little like, meh. Um, And Zurb is missing some really important things that Twitter uh, Bootstrap 2 put in that makes it almost like a hands down, you know, no contest. And that's like the drop down navigations on buttons, Um, the the button groups, you know, the different pop ups and pop downs and right drop ups and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, where in the uh, pills navigate, I mean, uh, the stacked pills and all of this stuff that Zurb just doesn't have. So Zurb really needs to kind of come out with another one that's going to be like, here's everything that Twitter has, plus, you know, the um, a slide toggle, right? Which I can't believe no one has in these goddamn things yet. Well, you know, the. But those are, I have one, of, I have a slide toggle, and we've talked about this in past podcasts too, but I have one in a current project, and mm-hmm. I have a ticket out there to go and remove it because. It just freaks people out when they're, when they're using a mouse. They actually try to click on it and drag it across. That's okay. That's fine. Let them click and drag it. Well, this one doesn't work. With like mine is yeah. crap. It came with a theme. And we could talk about that when we get to Theme Forest. But it uh, it does not work like that. And yeah. So, I no, I absolutely agree. If you're going to have a toggle slide, it has to be able to be clicked and dragged. There's no doubt about it, yeah. right? And, it and it's got to work. Clear. 
yep. if it's on or off. And we, yes. we've gotten into that too. And it actually is harder to make that clear than you'd think. Yeah. Because yeah. this we, one actually is blue when it's on and gray when it's off. The color of the switch changes. Yeah. And people still don't know because they don't, you haven't seen the blue until you turn it on. So you don't know if it's on or not. Like that's the retardedness. Of does, it. does it show both on and off at the same time? What do you mean? The words? Yeah. It doesn't even have those words. It's just oh. an image. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's a terrible thing. I mean, I, I still if think that right, you, Apple cool. had uh, Apple's implementation, and I think it was iOS 5 that, that they uh, came out with the, um, the rounded ball. Yeah. With the text that shows if it's on or if it's off, I, I think that's probably the, the the most usable way of handling it. You can't confuse that. Yeah. So, well, yes, they can. People are yeah. fucking idiots, that's right? A, They're always. <laughs> that's a pebcac at that point. You can't fix pebcacs. <laughs> so I, I'm still waiting for you know I'd like to see Twitter Bootstrap have that kind of baked into and a couple other things, but uh, all in all, I mean, just how like you said with IndieHackDay.com. Um, which you can register for Hack Day Two when? We don't. I don't know when the next one's going to be, but we have the first one coming up this Saturday. It's going to be a, a one-day conference of total geekiness, and should be interesting. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's this Saturday. Yeah, you're going to be doing a workshop there, talking about this exact topic. Apparently, that's what I hear. Yeah. And so no, no, you all liquored up. You won't even know where you are. You know, I but, but I have to build something. Yes. You, all you have to do is not show even one slide. No keynote, no PowerPoint, no slides. You have to use, you have to, you plug your computer into the big LCD screen and just show things. We're go, well, No, we're going to build something. Good. More, I don't know what we're going to build. Though. great. I like it. Somebody, build. The, the iOS workshop actually, and then we'll get off this because I'm not trying to promote it. It's all sold out. And everything, oh, but. piss off. All of you. It's, it's sold off. He's not shamelessly promoting it. <laughs> it's a good thing. He's done a phenomenal job. He's awful at promoting himself. <laughs> Indie Hack, how many people are going? Uh, we got just over 50. Just over 50 people. And, and, we and, capped it at 50, and then a few others kind of snuck in. He managed to go out and he got sponsors for it. He's actually got sponsors who are like, yeah, we'll help sponsor the next one, right? Oh, so he's yeah. done it. You've done an amazing job. You should be proud of yourself. Don't be embarrassed to say that this is – so check it out, Indie Hack Day. And then what's going to happen with the videos and all that stuff that you yeah, captured? so those right? videos, and that, that's kind of cool. I'll put a link up on Talentopoly to that. We're going to be videotaping you and everybody else doing workshops and those will all be made available on IndieHackDay.com from then on. So For a nominal price. Uh, uh, free. <laughs> oh, yes. we got to make money. If we can't make money, we can't keep doing the fun shit. Just doing the event actually is, is pretty lucrative and we'll probably get even more lucrative. So see, there yeah. you go, folks. That's, that's what you need to do. Start your hack day. Do you have like a generic hack day domain? Uh, no, you best get on that. That would be good. I just got indiehackday.com. Go uh, domaintyper.com is your friend. Um, all right, I like sorry. That, so, yeah, I don't even remember how I got on the hack day thing. There was a reason that I got onto that and it is lost. So yeah. we will move on quickly. Hackday.me. <laughs> it's available. Don't tell anybody. Go register it. Hack.me. That'd be the best. Well, yeah, if you want to spend, you know, 25000 Oh, I sold a domain today. Did you? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick because here's something that was interesting. I spent a hundred. This is when I had my listy. I had listy.me, and it was a stupid idea that I had that people still use. I don't know why, um, but I wanted a better domain name. So listlove.com was available. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had to pay for it, so I paid 125 bucks for it, and I didn't do anything with it. Wait, 125? Why that much? Uh, it was just one. It was on a, one of the GoDaddy domains, like domain auctions or something oh, like okay. that. Okay, so you bought it. From somebody. Yeah, I don't know who. It was just went. It went through their thing. So, and I never did anything with it. And it's been about a year and a half. And the guy just emails me, emails me out of the blue. And hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but anyway, are, the chances are very slim. That's <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, but that's what makes it cool, right? Because who gives a shit? No right. one's listening. So hey, we well, can say whatever the fuck we want. Uh, no, it's not done yet. Um, but out of the blue, he says, hey, and he wants to pay me this much. And I'm like, well, I paid this much. Can we get closer to it? And then he went above it, and I might have. So you made a profit. I made, I made, a, I made a nice profit. Um, so anyway, that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah, completely irrelevant. Has nothing to do with Twitter bootstrap. But anyway, get hackday.me. Uh, and uh, let's move on. So 
have we talked about Zerb Foundation <laughs> enough? No, 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 no. We haven't talked about any of these. So uh, uh, Zerb Foundation uh, and Twitter Bootstrap, <laughs> they are web frameworks <laughs> that basically try to do the same exact thing. Can you right? call them a web framework, though, technically? Maybe what, like would a, you, what would you call them? What do they I, call themselves? They call them bootstraps. Because I remember at the time when when somebody – I remember somebody posted actually on Talonopoly. It was a web framework, and it caught some shit. Because you know, you know. Okay, like so Rails I, is a web framework. Well, but Code it's, Igniter is a web framework. I don't. You know. I think this it, is like a front end framework. It's a front end framework. It's a front end framework. That would make that. that makes complete sense because again, when we're dealing with web frameworks, we're dealing on the server side. Maybe. I mean, that just seems like someone being overly protective of the term web. Um, no offense to whoever was bitching about it. But uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Zerb is – Zerb's – I think they're both under uh, – what frame what, – do we know what license they're under? <laughs> mm, I probably should have checked that, <laughs> checked that before I built a bunch of shit it on it. It says the Apache license version 2.0 for okay. Twitter Bootstrap. So that's nice. It's, and then documentation is under the Creative Commons. Yeah, so they, I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, you know, when you talk to any old people, uh, like my dad, for example, um, who, you know, comes from the old, old software days, he's like, well, why the hell would they give it away for free? Right. I don't have a good answer for that. Here's why it's okay. on GitHub, it's open source. They're using it. They probably have other, I haven't looked at it, but they probably have other people. At least I know for sure there would be other people doing pull requests. Because they've modified it and enhanced it or whatever. And so that's free development. And the idea is, look, you're going to get more people contributing. It's going to get better because of that. And Twitter, you're going to benefit because you're getting all this free development of your great thing. That's true. Same reason, like, people were wondering why Facebook open sourced their server and data center architecture. Because Google would never do that. Google does a few white papers and a few, you know, speaking engagements every once in a while about it. But Facebook's like laid it all out here. This is how we do it because they want other people to improve on it and they can benefit. Because Facebook is good and Google is evil. Which is kind of crazy that that's how things are today. I I don't believe that either. I think they're both evil, but whatever. (laughs) Although Facebook just bought Instagram for a billion dollars. Oh, can you believe that? That seems like way too much money. For I think I, sharing app, but. dude, the bubble, I think the bubble's starting. It, I, I think, I think it's starting to bubble, bubble up. No, I don't think we're in it yet. I don't think we're in it yet. Right. We're, we're going to start seeing some more of these stupid ass people raising $15 million for, you know, a, a website that just has videos of dogs farting. Uh, that's when we're going to know we're in trouble. But I do. I think I, I really think because before people were like, no, people aren't spending that much money because it's so cheap to now start and launch and develop your stuff. You know, hell, you can get an entire front end taken care of for free thanks to, you know, these bootstraps things. Yeah, so we don't have to have a ton to do this type of stuff in the past. Exactly. So but my God. A billion, and now you're starting to hear people raising 30 million again. And you know, it's like when that 30 million is my kind of my flag because those were the two startups here in Indianapolis that I was involved with. They both raised 30 million, and it seems like once you get 30 million, you feel like you have to burn about a million a month because right. that's that's about the leeway that they give themselves. They're kind of like, well, you know, two years of runway is plenty of time, and so they start burning a million dollars a month. Start saying runway. Yeah, <laughs> you start using terms like that. That's bubble yeah. talk. That that is it's bubble talk, you know. So uh, I it, that that Instagram one kind of scares me because how in the hell could they possibly monetize that investment? I don't know, but the, this is yeah. it's not users. They didn't buy it for the users, did we, they? We need to have a we we need to drink a lot more, and we need to have another type of a podcast that's us discussing the crazy tech news completely oh yeah drunk. sorry like, sorry apple, <laughs> apple being hit with antitrust lawsuit and you know a billion dollar buyout of instagram we could go yeah. crazy yeah okay we'll get we'll pull we'll we'll reel it back in um uh so okay so let's talk about twitter bootstrap so twitter bootstrap is <laughs> front end framework <laughs> here's, no. here's something i looked at over the right. weekend because i was using i was trying to generate a very speaking of twitter i really love how the twitter api docs look i think they're fantastic the layout of them and i have the talentopoly api i've been working on in a private beta and i wanted to generate some documentation for the few beta users of it so that i don't have to keep like updating right now it's actually sadly enough just a text file 
that yeah. that they get that has all of the methods in it. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just use a doc generator. And I look at our doc and I look at yard and, you know, they're just like spitting out horrible looking documentation that is like clearly designed. This, the stuff it spits out is like, this is made by programmers. Yeah. This is not good. I found another type of, uh, I forget the name of it right now, but it was another very small unknown gem to generate API docs. And what I thought was cool about it is, is like you could just drop in Twitter Bootstrap and jQuery and it, it just like made tabs work and, you know, boom, you're done. And then I started thinking, well, I don't want to really host Twitter Bootstrap as part of Talentopoly and the assets because I'm only using it for this one-off thing. So what I want is I want a CDN that already hosts Twitter Bootstrap that I can just pull in. So I don't like make it even faster, right? Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, just remove one more step. So I started looking around, and there's actually nobody hosting Twitter Bootstrap in minified form on a CDN. The CC, the CSS part, isn't uh, doesn't uh, I guess GitHub wouldn't be considered. No, because GitHub, it's not. Uh, I don't think they had the minified version. I did look at that, and I actually was using that because I'm like, well, that's good enough, and it versioned it. But that's not a great way to do it. Yeah, you're not yeah. supposed to really do that. But I was. But well. So what'd you end up doing? Just going with GitHub? Well, cdnjs.com, I found that through this search, you know, looking for this thing. And that's pretty cool. It's based on Cloudflare. I mean, it uses Cloudflare. What they did is they went to them and they're like, if we get enough people that want to use this, would you use your Cloudflare technology to just create like a, you know, it's a CDN already. Just have a repository <coughs> that people Sorry. can just go... Wow, Sorry. what was that? That was a sneeze. <laughs> Holy hell. But you can I just apologize. like upload stuff to cdnjs.com so it's like crowdsourced cdn like google code but crowdsourced because you know i agree i think that's a great idea yeah well this this uh, cdnjs this i mean so they've got some pretty impressive stuff um they've got the underscore they've got spine socket Uh sizzle i mean so that's pretty cool so but but it wasn't the css part it's just the js part oh so they're trying to create a css version of it now and get cloudflare to go along with doing that and, it, you know, it's cool because Cloudflare is obviously getting, it says, like, even above the full, powered by Cloudflare, yeah. huge logo. So, Well, I, I mean, couldn't anybody couldn't anybody do this? Yes. I mean, couldn't you literally just have a web server that has these on there and then put Cloudflare in front of it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean. Do, and get some advertising and get, like, you know, I don't know, hundreds or thousands of hits based on Google searches for this thing, so. Well, once you have those people embedding that code into their website, then it just makes it super easy to go and change that code and completely take over their website. So I don't know why anybody <laughs> isn't doing this. Right, yeah. <laughs> you have zero trust factor there. Well, I mean, that's one thing, too, to consider when you are dealing with, you know, uh, a CDN that, it, I mean, they do have the ability to cause serious fucking pain, yeah. you know, if they wanted to. Um, no but. Yeah, I'm now maybe not with CSS. Uh, no, you still could do some nefarious stuff with CSS, especially on well, IE. If they, had, if they had approved maintainers of the different libraries, I'd be okay with it at that point. I think Talonopoly needs to provide this. Yeah, I should uh, pivot and become a CDN. No, you don't need to pivot. Literally, it's what, how long is it going to take you? Dude, like, we're in the bubble. It's time oh, to yeah. pivot. Okay? It's time to pivot. <laughs> <my> $30 million. <laughs> you can raise $8 million by putting CSS behind a Cloudflare powered website. I still, I still like now. Cloudflare, by the way. Yeah. I still use it. I, I put uh, it in the notes so we, we could give you a reason to talk about it tonight. Oh, yeah. So we'll get, we'll get there. So let's get back. So Twitter Bootstrap is a <laughs> – Can sorry. we move on from Twitter Oh, yeah, yeah, Bootstrap. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um, so that that's interesting though. I'm surprised that more people aren't powering or that Twitter isn't even offering it. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Twitter, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are because, of course, your engineers listen to the Talent Athlete podcast, please create yeah. CDN and put – Twitter bootstrap on it and maybe put other stuff on it. You can put Zerb on there too. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, all right. And jQuery. So let's talk about jQuery. I put this. We want, I want to talk about Zerb real quick. Let's talk about Zerb. Uh, Foundation.zerb.com. And I'm bringing it up right now because I want to talk about it because it, 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 you're you're going to go to and you're going to say, oh, this looks a lot like Twitter bootstrap. Again, I think they were first. Um, uh, But here's the problem with, Zerb. Uh, they have all the great things, grids and all that shit. You have a one button type. 
you have multiple colors of buttons and you have multiple sizes, but Twitter's got button groups a lot more deeper. They have a lot more elements. So if you're looking at one, unfortunately, I'm going to say go with Twitter uh, versus Zurb anymore. Now, before, if you listen to any of the podcasts before, I was a raving lunatic for foundation. Uh, I built the you know first version of our platform, View You, on it and love it. Um, but I would go back and say, eh, it's good, but it's missing some important things. So anyway, in the absence of Twitter Bootstrap, it, it was great. It was, it was, absolutely. Now hopefully they come out with now, and it's moving pretty quickly. I mean, they've yeah. added a lot to it. I would, I would be, I. It's so my my take on it was that we basically are, and I might have talked about it on the show before last time that we're we're at that prototype jQuery uh, uh, thing now with. Mm-hmm. Twitter bootstrap and Zurb foundation. And so people are kind of deciding their camps. Um, me, I'm tend to be the one who goes to the most popular camp just because more people know about it. And, um, but I, I do think that that's, that's kind of where we're at. But I think Twitter is ultimately going to be the winner. Now, what Foundation should do is start making their stuff fit more uh, tightly coupled with the Twitter syntax because that's really all we're doing. That's all these do is this gives us a way of writing HTML, or, right? Or it, trying not to write. Well, no, no, no. But it, but it, as much as possible, it, especially it, CSS. But it gives us the ability to – because we have to structure HTML no matter what, right? When it comes down to it, if I need to have a list of things or if I need to have a button or if I need to have – there's there's a thousand ways for me to dr- write a button, right? I could have 15 divs and each div represents a corner so it can have rounded corners on IE, you know, or – but but this way, the styles, the class names, everything is a consistency. And we, like we were talking about before we started the show, it just gives us a consistent foundation to work from. And so it's it's invaluable as far as I'm concerned because then we start getting into themes and then when people actually – because there's a lot of theme sites out there for both. Uh, now there's more theme sites for Twitter Bootstrap than Foundation. Um, but the Twitter Bootstrap, it seems like most of them are like, hey, look, we changed the font and we changed the color of the header bar. <laughs> you know, So people aren't really going out of their way yet. But I think we're going to start seeing a, a whole swath of people coming out doing some pretty amazing things because, again, we have just a consistent markup language. So anyway, now we can and talk you can about build jQuery. A site so quickly. That's yeah. what I loved about it. Yeah. Like, and how long did you spend on the on that one? You were oh, saying it was less than an hour. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Most of my time was spent just picking the right colors. Yep. You know, like I only had to pick two colors really, and that took me the most time because I'm pretty bad at picking colors. I so. I, I stay with the grays. <laughs> so yeah. it's, a lot, it's a lot easier that way. I kind of I tried to buck the trend a little bit and go with a really dark colored website for Indie Hack Day and just play with that. And uh, I keep getting people coming up to me saying like asking who did the design like uh, I did and because I don't think it looks all that great. It's like orange and black. Now, you know what I would say? I think this passes the designer sniff test. What is the designer sniff test? So the designer sniff test is when you have a Good designer come to the website and they go, meh, yeah. right? Because most of the time when a designer goes to a website, they're going to like, this sucks ass. Look at this shit and look at this and this is garbage. Look how much they fucked this up and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but you come here and you're kind of like, meh, okay. It, 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 I, somebody with skill designed this. And look, oh, my God, it's responsive. And look, they, they obviously go to subtle patterns because yeah. of the carbonate background. And – you know, so so I do think now the one thing that I would say is like, oh well, I hate that uh, their co- their grids they're not all the same size. Uh, yeah, I tried to like vary it up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's because it, it's it's actually harder to not right. Well, uh, I didn't I didn't want to make it look like Pinterest or something where it's four columns, you know, one row, next row, four columns or masonry. Have we talked about masonry? I don't think we have. Ooh, masonry.js and it kind of gives you that pinterest look totally um but what you do is you basically say here's my parent element all the children elements are this selector it's a jquery plugin and it goes and it relays them all out i've actually now started using that for my video layout so when you do a search Ooh. for all of our video people That's um it slick. comes out and it's and what's cool is it it automatically so if i you expand the browser boom 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 boom, boom and they all kind of rearrange and they're always looking good i'm using it for a lot of shit like in our profiles um you know somebody might fill out education and some Somebody might not. So I use masonry to make sure that everything just kind of aligns and it looks good together. It's a great, it's a g- absolutely great library, um, masonry.js. You know what makes this podcast so great? What? The sound effects. 
What are the sound effects? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's great. I love I don't, it. I don't even pay attention anymore. <laughs> it's like I would never know what that what sound that is. That is. And it does. It lines up. It, it's really cool. See? that you Now, okay, now I get it. Yeah, it totally it works. It, 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 it does. <sighs> anyway. And actually, that came up in a conversation today with a friend, so that was very aptly put. I like yeah. fitting that Take in. that masonry. It's a small one, too. Um, you, uh, let me ask you something. Can we sure. sidetrack? No, this will be a, this will come into a jQuery. Okay, let's, um, let's we're going to go into jQuery now. So I've you know I've masonry. I have uh, uh, I have a couple other libraries and plugins that I use. How do you include your plugins to uh, for jQuery into your site? Uh, so I don't use that many of them, and I use the assets uh, folder like that new thing that's in Rails three now. Okay. 3.1, I mean. And I, I'm loving it because it works with SAS. And I don't actually do SAS in any of my CSS right now. Okay. But oftentimes I'll put like a dot .sass ending if, you know, somebody... I have one guy that helps me with Telnopoly and he does do a sprinkle a little bit of SAS in here or there. And so I can just write CSS and then it's dot .css dot .sass and then he can put his SAS crap in there and it works. So that's cool. But okay. what I'll do is I'll create like for my jQuery web tour that, plugin that I use... Yeah. I'll just put, I'll create a folder under assets JavaScripts, and then it I just create a web tour folder under there. I throw in the web tour stuff, and then in in the asset because it's just in there, it's going to Rails when I go to deploy it, it's just going to compile all that JavaScript up together and minify it into one JavaScript file. Okay, and make it available for the whole application okay cool yeah so i mine's mine's a manual process for that um where i pretty much just take my libraries i have my boot i call it a bootstrap actually or no bootloader um that just and it's all the minified plugins just stacked right there um okay yeah i was just curious because i keep running into that i keep trying different things and ultimately i'm like so for me it's a new thing i i've i had been making people download many many assets yeah yeah it was horrible yeah i actually get comments from people who would notice that and it made the site slower i mean it'd be like 30 assets really because i like breaking my css out yeah i break my my css out kind of by controller sometimes a little bit less than that and a little more conceptual but uh i just have i like having lots of files with smaller amounts of code in them yeah. So do my, now my style, my style, like I'm looking at what site is this? So this is view you. So my style sheet is now at 2,400 lines. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm also very light on my styles. I like oh, that. I don't like, you know, I'll go to those sites where they show how to do a CSS three button with a gradient and like position yeah. and icon. And it's, I'm not even that impressed by it, honestly. It just looks like, okay, I mean, if you spent enough time, yes, you can figure out how to do all of that. Yeah, But yeah. it's this big block that takes up half of your, like, MacBook Pro screen looking at the CSS. <laughs> like, no, don't want yeah. that. What's that now, look like in Opera? What does it look like on an Android, you know, mobile browser? And it's just, uh, I just... It looks good, baby. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it does. everything's so WebKit-ish now anyway, yeah. there's less testing, but... Still, that that much CSS kind of scares me. Yeah. Now, the thing that I do, too, is so what I do is I write it all, and I usually put each. Um, so you have your selector, and then you have each of your, uh, what do we call those, declarations, like background color, colon, whatever, 666. Okay, yeah. Uh, each of those are on its own line, but then I just have my coda automatically go and be like, and minify it all. So it's not mm, it's nice. not awful. But right now, like when I look at the raw, it's, it's pretty big. So coda does it, huh? Yeah, well, you plug through plugins, right. um, but I do. I need to really. I, I haven't put the application yet on um, on Cloudflare, um, okay. just because I'm not ready for that yet. But Cloudflare does all that for you, right? I mean, it, it minifies it. It does. I mean, Cloud. It, it really is a is a is a killer service. It really is. I like Cloudflare more for if you're doing like an indie hack day, or you're doing a WordPress blog, or you're doing something that's much more static. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't. Because I'm doing S, I'm doing SSL cert, you know, and I don't really want yep. to have Cloudflare sit in the middle of that. Yeah. I want to know that I'm correctly minifying things. I like being you can change out your minify engine in the Rails stuff, so I can oh, use cool. like the Yahoo UE compressor if I want. Yep. You know, I can have complete control over that, checking it, knowing it's working right, and have it all be automatic. And Cloudflare actually is a little bit for that type of a complex web app. Cloudflare is very 
tough to put in the middle of that. There's a lot you have to watch for, a lot you have to be careful of. When you push your updates out, you got to yeah. validate that stuff. Yep. So for a static site or a blog or something, it's great. Like it removes worry and it just does something that would be really hard to do. But for a Rails app done right or other types of web apps done right, I don't know if Cloudflare, I mean, as a simple free CDN, I'm interested in it and I want to try that. But as the other things that it's offering and doing automatically, I'm not yeah. sure I want to just have it do those things. <clears throat> yeah. Now your SSL thing. Yeah. I have no idea about it. Most of the other stuff you can obviously turn on and off. Yeah. Um, I talked to them about that and they said, yeah, basically just turn everything. We also recommend, like they recommend it, turn off those other things because that yeah. would just create headaches for you. Yeah. So and it you're, did. You're making it manual where my deployment process right now is Git push Heroku done. Like that's yeah. how I deploy Telenopoly and yeah. it does everything else automatically. Now the, 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 the Git process though, that is that doing the compression and the minification and all that as yeah. well. Yeah, it does it all. And it's not, it's not Git doing it. What happens is Heroku has implemented a post receive hook on their end. Okay. So as soon as they get, I push them the repo and then they say, Oh, we just got all your changes to our, cause they're hosting Git on their end too. They have a version of my Git repo up there that I just pushed my changes to. They're yeah, just, they're just another remote. So I have GitHub and I have Heroku as my two oh, okay. remotes. Okay, okay. So I push to the Heroku remote and it has the post receive hook that just like does their magic. That knows, oh, okay. Well, now let's bootstrap this thing up and you know start running. Let's go through the asset pre compilation and everything. And that is available. Asset pre compilation is available on their Cedar stack, not on Bamboo. So I did have to move to the Cedars, their new like cutting edge stack where it's much more bare metal and you have to bring everything with you. Yeah, yeah. But you can run anything <coughs> on Cedar. Like if you are if you're a Java developer, you yep. can you can use Heroku. A lot of people don't know this. If you want to do a Python app with Django, you can do that on Heroku. You can do all those things on Heroku now. It's not Rails and Ruby only. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's super cool and I used to when I worked at Chacha Search here in Indianapolis, I used to have to manage like actually installing the os on the servers when we'd get them in you know we had an image after the first one but yeah you know managing the rpms we actually had our own rpm repo that we got it to the point where you could you could plug in a server turn it on it would tftp boot to a <laughs> tftp server get yep. the, get the image put that on we had like the the repo with all the rpms so you could always pull those down to all of the servers when you push down a new rpm like we did all that. It was really nice. It took a ton of time. It was not even close to as nice as Heroku is. And Heroku also is one button deployment, which I am all about one button deployments. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I uh um I need to play around with it, honestly. That's I just I, I I have I've kind of fallen in love with uh Amazon EC two again. Which even that even that I, is kind of like abstracting away the data center and physical servers. But you are still managing things. You still have to worry about what OS you want on there. Yes, yeah, yeah, I kind of like, like that. I kind of like it. Ooh, I do Honestly, that. that's the way I – because I use Rackspace. And, right. you know, I like to go in and say, okay, I want this Ubuntu or I want this for that and, and kind of have that low-level control. Um, but have you – there are many instances that they have now that are like – I think it's $5 a month. The, the tiny right. micro, a micro yep. instance the micro, yeah. uh, with the free where with the, it's like 15 bucks, but I think it's like $10 off with their, their free, whatever their, that free piece is. Right. Uh, you can tune those bitches and get some serious performance out of them. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Damn, I, I moved UX jobs to it and I actually moved it to uh, Twitter bootstrap as well. And it, I'm just like, Holy crap. I what mean, I, it's, I'm, I'm using is- varnish. Because they're using Zen, I believe, and Zen has some kind of management built into it where if there's idle capacity, the micros are allowed to go up into that idle capacity, but it's when others there's priority. Yeah. Yeah. So the other ones get priority, and as those all get the loads go up on them on whatever shared server you're on, yeah, they're going to get that idle capacity before you, and they'll take it away from you. Yeah. You're guaranteed with a micro a certain amount. But it will go over if there's the capacity for it. So that's yeah. why those micros can be incredibly efficient. But you have no, you know, don't get too used to it because you'll have periods of time when you're only going to get your minimum guarantee, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And but really, and that's okay with me because the way that that. So I ended up following this one post, and I forget where I found it, but about setting up Nginx and Varnish and yeah. all of that. And so, which is uh, what and, Roku uses too. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, varnish is killer. I mean, oh, I was like, awesome. oh my Nginx god, is killer too. Yeah, engine much more than Apache. Oh yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever go back to Apache. Uh, I have my whole uh, my iCorbin server is has like you know fifty or sixty apps that I that I'm running on it, and it's all in Apache. And slowly, I'm just like, oh, how am I going to deal with all this bullshit? And I moved UX jobs because that's one that gets more traffic, right. um, and and I wanted to play around with it. But it's crazy fast now. It's like that home screen with Varnish is just, and, and I'm each page I'm making calls to uh, to simply hired, so I've got a lot of overhead um, happening and some right. cash. But anyway, it's killer. Uh, we need to move on because we're running out of time and we still need we to talk about uh, icon fonts. Just real quick, uh, let's tie that Amazon Web Service thing into the front end bootstrapping here. S3. You can use S3. Speaking of like just hosting a site incredibly fast, forget Heroku, forget EC2. You can host a website on S3. They actually intend for you to do that. There are documents on Amazon's site to do this. And you'll pay like pennies per month if it's not a high traffic site. And you can just throw your static website bootstrapped with Twitter bootstrap right up on there. Like well, there's no reason. Website. Hell, there'd be no reason then we couldn't do like one of those CMSs that we talked about, right? Remember right. those CMSs yeah, that would generate static generate, files? Yeah, you do it. You can just throw it up on S3. You'll pay like five cents a month. It's going to yeah. it's awesome. So uh, talk I, about bootstrapping. Like literally – I think it would be funny as hell to do a challenge where, all right, you have 20 minutes to build a site and, and get somebody to be able to visit it, like, publicly. And you've got 20 minutes to do the whole thing, and it should look – and you'll be rated on how good it looks and what it can do. <laughs> you could do that, that yeah, now, though. You could totally yeah. do it. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you could do CloudFront and Cloud have Twitter, it be yeah. – or is it – no, CloudFront, not CloudFront, uh, Google, uh, uh, where you basically uh, – oh, it's Amazon's Amazon CDN. CDN. Yep. And you basically, and all you do is you say, "Here's my S3 bucket. Use this." And yeah. I did that on a, I did that on on 300 videos that we had <laughs> in our S3 bucket. Right. And it was just like, "Holy shit, this is magical!" I'm mean, Amazon's doing some amazing stuff, hands down. Are. Do we have any idea how many servers they have? Uh, I I don't. I've never seen a number. I'm sure nobody really knows that number unless yeah. you work there. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's got to be crazy. All right, next thing. So icon fonts. We talked about icons, but what if Twitter Bootstrap and Zerb don't have all the icons you need? Brandon, tell us how you can get icons really, really quickly. Pictos. You can pay for it. (laughs) Pictos is expensive. He doesn't like to get back to you if you have problems. Um, But but we do have – are we going to post that in the – Like are these PNGs I got to open in Photoshop? No, no, no. These are true fonts. These are web fonts, and it is genius. It really is. So they're all vector-based. So you can have that thing be you know, 16 pixels, or you can have that thing be 100 pixels, and you don't need to worry about it. You can have the colors. You can do drop shadows on them. You can do all the effects that you can apply to text. You can even do gradients inside them you if you really want. You can do circles around like social media icons, right? Yep. Yep, I mean, it's, it's awesome I mean it, it, it is. It's it's killer. So you know that the, the one that I've used a lot is Pictos. Um, he just did a really great job. It has just enough. There's like you know just enough fonts to give you almost everything you need. Now there are times where you're like, oh maybe I'm going to try to make this gear work for yeah. something that is completely irrelevant. Um, but for the most part, I've been really happy with it. After I figured out the damn hack for uh, Android, because uh, if you back, I don't know how many episodes where I was talking about how yeah, it didn't work on Android this. devices, but I did do something. I posted something on Stack Overflow, and a guy's like, yeah, you can't use the smiley face method, which in the actual CSS for Pictos is a smiley face uh, character. Mm. And it's it's like some hack. <laughs> but it didn't work, and he's like, all you need to do is this, and I put it in there, and it worked great. But Sweet. there's now more of them coming out, like the uh, N-Typo. Uh, we found some. We're going to post them in the show notes, yep. right? Signify Light. And they're just – people are starting to get the idea. I love it because they're small. You can get them in, in all of the different fonts that they work across all the different – These are free. Fonts. These 12 These are free. free. Yeah, because I think the Pictos was like 60 bucks, But totally worth it. Yeah, it it really I you know honestly I don't know if it was worth sixty bucks oh, if really? I paid if I paid sixty. Uh, let me see how much I paid for it before I bitch on it. Oh look, he's got some new stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Forty nine bucks. Uh, no, the vector pack. Oftentimes you can get. It. I noticed like AppSumo will include it in some deals. There are other ways to get the Pictos fonts uh, the, or the Pictos font cheaper, but you gotta like find the right time to buy it then. Oh uh, yeah, I might need to. I might need to do. He's upgraded and he's added. It looks like a lot of stuff. Um, Drew Wilson is the guy who's yeah. not. 
And uh, but so it it I I do I really like it. Um, it makes things just a lot easier. You can have like so I, you know you've got this the BTN class from Bootstrap and Zurb. Luckily they use the same class name for button. Um, and so you literally have you you create you know an A and you give it a class name of button and Pictos and you put your thing in there and you've got this nice looking button with a frigging icon in it. And it's just That's like awesome. Jesus, this is great. So I'm so happy that we live in a time now where I don't have to use Photoshop to oh. design anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Pictos is the one I like, but there are some free ones out there. Check it out in the show notes. All right, I got to talk about subtle patterns for a minute. Mm. This, this is where I went because I remember seeing this on uh, Talentopoly. Somebody had posted it up there. And actually, when I did the Indie Hack Day site, I actually had a lot of fun during that hour. If like, all right, we had just gotten done talking about Google Web Fonts. I want to play with that. We've talked about Twitter Bootstrap. You know, I've heard Brandon talk about that a couple times. I've got to use that. And then I remembered this subtle patterns place, so I, I used that. And it all just tied together real nice. Subtle patterns is just exactly what it sounds like, just not in your face. They're just, like, very nice background type with, like, backgrounds with some noise or, like, a really nice little pattern in it. And just tons of them. They have collections on here. If you don't even want to browse through all of it, you can find, they call them snacks. So you can get some snacks on there. And uh, I just browsed that real quick and found my two backgrounds I wanted and done. It's I subtle patterns is awesome. I mean, I use it. I, I almost every project that I have, I'm like, oh, I need a little texture. Subtle patterns, boom, it it gets it great, awesome, I awesome. Yeah, I found both of mine by downloading. They have subtle patterns uh, volumes one through three, and I downloaded that, and then I could just go through and Finder with Coverflow. Yeah, I found that was much faster than using their website to browse. That's so, a great idea. Yeah, I just used CoverFlow, and it was nice. And then I can uh, actually try things really quick, like because I already have it all on the computer. I just be like, boom, try that, try that. Dude, this Pictos, I'm going to go back to it. Sorry. He's completely changing his approach here. He's got the Pictos server, so he's trying to do this like type kit mm-hmm. where you can go, and he's got hundreds and hundreds of icons now and create your own co- uh, collection. And you, for personal, it's nineteen bucks a year with fifty thousand page views, uh, all the way up to hundred bucks a year for the million monthly page views uh, account. You know, so I, I might actually look into this because that's the one thing is like I bought this, but now I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I had these more icons. And now if I want to do the, any kind of special icons, I got to put them in the sprite, and then I got to worry about the different sizes. What a pain in the ass! So I might have, uh, and and his interface stuff is God, the guy's talented. I've I've plugged them before, but this is the one conference I've been to ever was ValioCon. Yeah. Last year, and I've I got tickets, and I'm going again this year, and it's in June in San Diego, and I'm super excited. And Cameron Kozan, who we've had on the podcast, is going to be there speaking, so I'll get to meet him in person. Uh, a couple of other really notable people will be there, and it's just always great to see what Drew's up to, and he he talks about some of the stuff he's up to during it, so. Yeah, he's a talented man. If you're looking for a conference to go to, check that out. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, this interface is just awesome. It, it, it reminds me a lot of uh, Stripe. Yeah. And Stripe's interface is just Stripe freaking is, yeah. beautiful. It is. God. It's so simple, but it's it, awesome. They, yeah, it's, it's so simple, yet he pays attention to such detail. Yes. I mean, it's it's amazing. I, I And I completely admit to blatantly copying his ass. You know, it's just certain people out there, it's like, okay, you are so far more talented than I will ever be. I'm just going to copy you. Another thing to check out that I really like is Subtle. It's spelled S-V-B-T-L-E. So Subtle with a V dot com. It's a private blogging network. And the blogs are actually pretty good. They've got he's got some notable people on there, but I love the design of this blog. Like I wish Tumblr actually looked more like this. Yeah, I'm kind of getting sick of Tumblr. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm thinking of moving the podcast off of it actually because they don't have a freaking title field for <laughs> audio posts. It is retarded. Uh, yeah, so that's stupid. I can't control the title of the podcast in the RSS feed. That's not, not ri- easily yeah. at least. That's ridiculous. All right, let's wrap Next. this up. All right. Let's talk about Theme Forest for a minute. I know every designer's cringing right now that I've even <laughs> said the the brand name Theme Forest. I'm a fan. I actually like Theme Forest. I bought a theme on there called Constellation Admin Skin for twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, and it is like the best twenty five dollars I've ever spent. It was amazing. I use this in several of my projects on big projects that uh, that I'm doing for like big clients. 
And because they don't care about the, you know, they're not paying me for design work. So they're yeah. perfectly okay with the fact I'm using something like this. And it just immediately gave us all, like it gives you the style, not just a style guide, but like a whole widget page where you can just be like, all right, I need to go do something I haven't done before in this web app. So let me go check out the the whole page here of like, oh, I need, that widget would work well. Oh, wait, scroll down. So, wait, no, that one would be really cool. Check, like, Google for Constellation Admin Skin, and then you can see the whole page of it. It's really cool stuff. And I use that uh, on several projects and love it. So, if it's and it's these are not consumer-facing. These are, like, intranet style and uh, other types of projects like that. So, it works, an admin skin for that works really well. But, Ooh, it's ugly. I, I love Oh, it. it looks like cPanel. It, it looks, <laughs> no, it looks better than cPanel. Dude, it's a cPanel 2.0. It has a Window XP type <laughs> thing going on. But uh, it's, look at, it's cute. Seriously, I, I do demos of this. Like originally to get the project, I put together, like I took, I took one part of what they would want to do in their project, in their web app. And I just, I just built out the HTML of it, like in, 30 minutes using this thing yeah. and it didn't do anything. There was no JavaScript or back to it at all, but it like immediately gave them this impression. Like they actually thought that it was working. I never told them it. it Dude, your, your toggle button is from that. And that's the yeah. one that's causing a problem, that's isn't it? Sucks. There's <laughs> yeah. some usability problems with that. Dude, this is oh, this is like a shitty Linux interface. It, it uses data tables has the jQuery data tables yeah. plug. Yeah. That's actually kind of nice. And it's all styled. It's got some jQuery stuff in there that's pretty cool. It has this jQuery status thing. So whenever I do a flash, I can set it as a status, like a flash notice if you update a record or something. And it's like growl notifications at the top right, which I thought were kind of cool, that fade away like after a few yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. No, I'm clicking through it now. No, I mean, I can see how this could be a great way of just kind of getting a lot of stuff up if oh, the yeah. HTML is clean. Yeah, um, it is pretty clean. It is, it is fucking beveled and if drop shadow sure, heavy if you're de- this is a programmer saying this so take it from oh and they've got like the windows xp navig menus it does <laughs> it does that's awesome so most of the most of the people who are going to go like most of your executives who are going to see this are going to be like oh this is fucking great they think you it's know? awesome All it, this users. is just like windows man i love it exactly no it's, we it's, still <laughs> all run windows xp there and so it works fine for them oh jesus beautiful Rails themes. Have you heard about this? I don't. I don't do Rails. But so you haven't even heard about this? this Never like, even heard about that. Can okay. you believe that? I'm not. I'm not that surprised. They haven't launched yet, but I wanted to give them a mention in the podcast. This is basically like you know how you. So if you use ThemeForest, you have you get the HTML and you get all the images and stuff, and it's that's cool. But you still have a lot of work to do to you know actually implement that into your web app. You know, and to get that to work with the assets and, you know, getting compiled and you got to put stuff in the right place. And, you know, it's not using SAS and, or Compass or any of those really cool things if you want to use that sort of thing. You know, it's not integrated immediately into your Rails app. You have a lot of work to do. What yeah. Rails themes is, is that they are hiring designers. They're going to have some really great designs on their site that you can buy. And then there's a one line install command to install it into your Rails app. And it's going to put it all in the right places, and it, those themes will use things like SAS and Compass, I'm told. So it actually is, sounds like it is a huge time saver to go. So wait, it's those. magically going to know like your structure of your application and make it fit within the well, theme? Rails, Rails has a standard structure, so that's not hard at all. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not crazy magic to do what it's going to do i mean that that's one of the beauties of rails is and like what i expect a lot of web frameworks for php and other languages do too i mean it's got a very set structure to the folder system and like javascript files go in one place like yeah 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 but but the but the structure the html well you still have to write your views okay okay, okay. It that's that's right as i understand it i don't know i mean they haven't launched yet but this is what I understand from what I've been told. Okay. So yeah, you still have to go in and like construct your views and put the right classes on and write your HTML okay. to okay. some extent. I thought we were talking like pure fucking black magic. Uh, maybe, but I don't think so. Okay. But at least it's it's one step closer to no work compared to Theme Force, where there is some heavy lifting still once you once you buy yeah. the theme. Yeah. Or like even Twitter. 
Well, Twitter bootstrap, not so much. I mean, you just have to put it in the right places, but. That's anyway. one thing I love. So Laravel, uh, which is the PHP framework I use. Right. Um, it has pagination as a first-class feature in it. Fuck off. Uh, it does. What do you mean, fuck <laughs> off? I like I'm that kidding. about it. I'm kidding. It's got that over Rails, man. I, I'm a fan of Laravel. If I were doing PHP, I think Laravel would be the framework I'd use. It has a PHP class? Or, I mean, pagination class? Yeah. Bitch! Pretty sure it did. When I looked they, into they it. Just up, the version 3 that they just upgraded to, that was what I'd use for UX jobs. And I like it so much better than uh, than the, the version that I'm using right now. And this, like, I haven't looked at it recently. Actually, the site got a lot nicer looking. Yeah, like, they've, they've done some good stuff. We talked about it way back when it had the paginator. Oh, fuck. I need to look How at that. I see that in there. <laughs> I, I don't know. Because most of the time, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to brute force it. Opposed to actually like oh researching God, what shit's done. You should not write your own paginator. That's crazy. I've done it like a thousand times. It's, but it should never be done. That's like I know. Saying, but it's like a challenge. A it's a like, challenge. I like it. I'm like, hey, car. look. Pagination. <laughs> okay. Use the paginator. <sighs> <laughs> you can thank me later. Yeah. Okay. So... Anyway, is there anything else that you got to get off your chest about front end? Uh, have uh, we covered uh, uh, it? No, I think we're good. I think I think, I think from all angles, even at the yeah. Instagram I think we've talked angle. for like an hour and a half about a bunch of stuff. So yeah, whatever. Good times. Yeah, right on. I I know I've said that we were going to have a guest on the podcast who would be Kyle Brager and who was going to talk about some cool stuff. We don't know when that's going to happen yet. So I honestly don't know what we're going to do for the next podcast, but I can tell you it's going to be awesome, and you should definitely <laughs> tune in for it. But seriously, there's we might get Ed Red back on and totally geek out. That was pretty fun doing that. We've got no limit, like no shortage of great topics to talk about. So it's just a matter of throwing a dart at the board and figuring out a good topic. So we will figure something cool out and come back and drink and talk about it. So tune in for that, and thanks for listening. <laughs>